G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Let's get an update as we do on a Thursday with our friends at Family Voice Australia. Aaron Wright is the New South Wales State Director for Family Voice Australia and joining us today. Hello, Aaron. Welcome along. Hello, Neil. It is great to speak with you again. There is so much going on at the moment. There is. And look, let's start with something that we're in this waiting game, Mm. uh, waiting for what the government's position might be on religious freedom. Uh, We know that Philip Ruddock handed recommendations to the Prime Minister uh, just last week. Uh, No indication when it's being released. But uh, what's in your mind, uh, where are we at with this whole issue of uh, religious freedom? I think we still have good reason to be sceptical, to quote your face from your introduction, but I think we need to be very wary. In saying that, some of the inside information uh, from, well, inside, I can't go too deep in who that's from, it's encouraging. So far, I've been told that we should be encouraged that what is being uh, suggested or proposed is actually uh, positive. In saying that, we've heard that before as well. Even during the same-sex marriage uh, postal vote, there was assurances that, um, you know, religious freedoms and all the rest of it. Then I think the day before the results were released, Mac and Turnbull completely backflipped on that in, in, a, in a phrase he said at the time. Uh, this process as well, I mean, we really just have to wait and see. But on one aspect, it, it's positive. But the thing we also have to be very careful about is each state has its own anti-discrimination laws. So whatever that review suggests on a state level there needs to be changes and that is messy and it's complicated and in a sense it's good to have that messy complication because it means not a small group of people in Canberra determining religious freedom for the entire nation but it means on every state level we've got to be very strong our voice has got to be heard and we have to make sure that our religious freedom is is protected. As you say, inside information and, uh, you know, sometimes you've got to be cautious with the sources and whether it's just rumour or what it might mean. But uh, as you say, Aaron Wright, some optimism there and uh, particularly when it comes to the fact that if the government comes out with some sort of silver bullet that maintains our religious freedom, uh, it'll need to be a national law, as you say, that there are states, though, that have their own enacted anti-discrimination laws, and so all of the states need to have their own debate around religious freedom. So it's going to be a long debate that's coming over the rest of this year, no doubt. Yes, yes. It it really isn't that simple. Uh, Yeah, you're right. No, what you say is spot on. Uh, and it, isn't, it won't be as simple as a silver bullet from Canberra. You're spot on. It will have to be um, picked up by each of the states, and they will have to make their own adjustments and amendments to their anti-discrimination bills, which is actually being started in New South Wales already, which is uh, encouraging to say. 
Aaron, of course, while this uh, is being debated behind closed doors, because the government undoubtedly will have already started their discussions about religious freedom in Australia, Mm. uh, Christians who are listening to our conversation today thinking, what do we do, just wait? Uh, I suspect that there is a call to prayer uh, for what deliberations will be going on behind closed doors. What's your encouragement to believers listening to our conversation all around Australia thinking, what am I supposed to be doing while we're waiting? How should they pray, do you think? Yeah, pray for wisdom, for clarity, uh, for yeah, for God to work in the hearts and minds of our parliamentarians. Uh, without a doubt, we, we need to be doing that. And then follow that up with action. Like Nehemiah, he prayed if any put cars on the wall. You know, we our follow-up action to that prayer is to get in touch with our, um, our senators, uh, you know, members of parliament on a federal level, get in touch with whoever you can. If you have a relationship or know someone, go for it. And at a state level as well, we need to get in touch with our MLAs and MLCs as well and prime them, get them ready, saying, you know, we, um, we've been praying for you. I would even go as far as that, Christian or non-Christian member of parliament. We've been praying for you and I uh, hope that you will be um, make the, the wisest and godliest decision what's in the best interest of our nation when it comes to protecting religious freedom. Aaron, you mentioned that these things are under discussion in New South Wales. You're the New South Wales State Director for Family Voice Australia. Your, your finger is on the pulse primarily for New South Wales, although you're across these national issues. But when you say they've already started talking about this in New South Wales, uh, I'm aware that there is some uh, religious freedom amendments to the anti-discrimination bill that are even being debated in the New South Wales Parliament today. Uh, what's the latest that you're aware of? Yes, at 10.30 this morning, the Reverend Honourable Fred Nile, a member of the Legislative Council, Christian Democratic Party in New South Wales, will be introducing the Anti-Discrimination Amendments, which is the Religious Freedom Bill. Now, it's a private member's bill. It's been crafted. Uh, Paul Green, also an MLC, uh, Christian Democratic Party in New South Wales. Freedom for Faith, the organisation, has helped in the crafting of this, and other organisations as well have inputted into this, and I've been part of conversations, which has been great too. They've inputted into the crafting of this bill, and it will be introduced, so it'll be read for the first time uh, in the Upper House today. It's the beginning of a long journey for this bill, and it is a great bill. I think the amendment is, well, if you are, while one of you are listening to Vision, uh, the other, perhaps you could uh, tune into the webcast for the Parliament of New South Wales. You can watch it happen at 1030 uh, it's, it's worth doing it. It is a great bill and we need to hope and pray that it goes through with minimal amendments. But it's, it's the start of the journey. And is this connected to the issues that are going on in New South Wales as they've had these sorts of debates in Victoria and in Tasmania about bubble zones, these abortion clinic exclusion zones? Uh, is this a part of or connected to these amendments that you're talking about? It isn't. So this, that, is, that is a big one, and we'll definitely absolutely need to talk about that. The, this bill is more about, in a positive way, protecting ministers, churches, schools, charities, faith-based organisations, chaplains, aged care facilities, Christian radio, Christian media. Uh, Paul Green made a special note of that yesterday when I was talking to him about that. Uh, Christian media, very much as part of this, that enabling all of these ministries, these organisations, to continue to practise their faith, our faith, and belief in the public sphere. So it's to do with that specifically. The Exclusion Zones Bill, 
is is something that's been it's been around for quite some time in New South Wales, but it hasn't hasn't had enough momentum to actually get up. Uh, there's been quite a push in New South Wales in in recent months for this to go go forward. We've had a Labor MLC who's put who sponsored the bill, and now a National MP has co-sponsored the bill. Labor are voting in a block on this. The Greens obviously going to vote for it. LNP, the Liberal National Party are getting a conscience vote. That is going to be, with the support that's been gathered for this bill, it will be debated until completion today. They will vote on that bill today in the Upper House. So it's a private member's bill. So even if it passes, which unfortunately it looks like it will in the Upper House, it still has to go to the Legislative Assembly uh, where they'll debate it and discuss it. Uh, and then to a final, just signing off pretty much back in the upper house again. But it's still got a few journeys to go, but it is looking, unfortunately, very likely that this 150-metre exclusion zone around abortion clinics, this bill will go ahead. And, of course, what that is, in essence, is another attack on freedoms, isn't it? Uh, the idea yeah. of freedom of speech, that you can't even speak or even pray within 150 metres of an abortion clinic. I know that is one of the issues that, when we are concerned about religious freedoms, uh, the idea that there are exclusion zones like that is just uh, almost unthinkable. Aaron, there's another big issue that has been on the agenda, and to get your thoughts, of course, the Adelaide-based Roman Catholic Archbishop Philip Wilson, he's been found guilty in Newcastle of covering up an historic child sex assault matter. Uh, he has uh, stepped aside, uh, not resigned. Uh, what are your thoughts on on what's happened with uh, Archbishop Wilson? Look, this is... So incredibly sad. The, all, all of these stories, as a, as a church, as, as Christians, we've got so much work to do. We have, uh, yeah, it, uh, I'm just even thinking about it, my, my heart breaks. It's just the whole situation. Look, it, I, I'm, I'm surprised that he didn't resign. Um, uh, I mean, the conviction is there. It's just got to go to sentencing now. Um, and, and it's looking like it, it's a, the, the fitting sentence is two years. Uh, in prison. Um, now, whether or not that will happen when it gets to the sentencing, that's all to be de- determined. But this has been, this bishop has been found guilty. Uh, that charge is there. Um, it should be more than stepping down. It should be a resignation. It should be a removal of that from that position. And I don't think anyone would dispute that. I'm surprised that it has gone this way and that that wasn't immediate. Or the fact that this, even during the process, there wasn't a stepping down while this was being addressed in the court. It's, it, I, I'm, I'm quite surprised at that. And I know I'm not alone. That has been a, a common theme that's been running through commentaries, not only in the mainstream media, but in Christian uh, circles and Christian media as well. Uh, this idea of cover-ups, and this dates back to the 1970s, and uh, Archbishop Wilson convicted for not reporting pedophile priest Jim Fletcher to authorities and uh, really dating back a very very long time but the courts have made a very significant statement here one commentary I read was that the Royal Commission's made it very clear that what they want is transparency now an important word which means that anyone who is in authority whether it's church or any other uh, institution, but anyone who's in authority needs to have a level of transparency when it comes to the way that they treat issues of child sex abuse. Uh, that's a significant word, that transparency. It is, but 
isn't this the challenge of leadership, though? Uh, it's part of the position. I, I think this shouldn't be um, a great challenge at all for the church. I, I think this should be. Um, now, I know there are issues to do with um, confessionals and so forth, and that's all conversations that, that need to continue to be worked out. But I would imagine as a leader that would be pretty crucial uh, with all the people uh, that you are responsible for, all the people in your flock, the vulnerable people, the sick, the, uh, the you think of the whole spectrum. I think it's a, it's a, it's a reasonable request. It's interesting, isn't it, when you reflect on leadership in church life and this somehow this assumption that the people are there to serve the leaders, well, that's turned around, and particularly when we come back to a biblical foundation for what leadership is, that the leaders are there to serve the people, serve the church before God, and that means protection. And so this idea of transparency and uh, and not holding too tight to your position, not even being too defensive of the organization we call the church, uh, these things are important elements that we consider when we think about what's happening with Archbishop Wilson at this time. Absolutely. I mean, you think of the best leaders you know, those uh, that have had the, the greatest impact. They're the ones that are Christ-like. And, of course, that's a challenge in itself, isn't it, for all of us. But, and I... Yeah, I mean, what would Jesus do? The, the simple phrase, but it, it's so true. I, I don't very much so. We, the humility, the first will be last. All these concepts. This in, in a lot of churches, in a lot of leadership roles, it, it is hard sometimes to see that being played out, that being acted out. And I, I think this might be the wake-up call, and maybe we needed um, a, a non-Christian source to remind us of those principles of Christian service and leadership. Now, there has been a conviction, as you say, and he is facing up to two years in jail. Uh, I suspect that having stood aside and not resigned, it's because there may be an appeal that might be on the way and uh, they might be hoping to overturn that conviction. Is that your understanding too, Aaron? Look, yes, there there is that speculation. Uh, But, uh, yeah, I'm sure they have the reason for why it happened the way it has. But I think for most of us, we're, we are questioning that and we're not sure that that's the correct response. But uh, that, that may well be um, the, the situation and what they're, they're seeking to do. But uh, I think for most of us, we, we disagree with that. Aaron Wright, just great getting your insights. Thanks so much for uh, candidly sharing those insights and uh, your knowledge of what's going on uh, with issues, uh, particularly in New South Wales. But a lot of these issues, of course, we're interested in nationally. Aaron Wright is the New South Wales State Director for Family Voice Australia. Let me point listeners to the website fava.org.au and you'll be able to get updates and resources on a lot of the issues that are going on right now around the nation. Aaron, thanks so much for taking some time to share your thoughts with us today on 2020. Thank you, Neil, and God bless you and your listeners. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.